Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. Before we get into today's episode with Jane Yeomans, I wanted to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. Uh, PicDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. Um, you can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And your clients can actually like write notes on the photos and rate them. It's just a really easy way to organize all your stuff in one spot when you need to send it off to your clients. Um, for years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But PicDrop, it was actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what you need. And actually, with today's episode, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. So definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. And without further ado, we'll get into today's uh, podcast. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's episode, I speak with Jane Yeomans. Jane Yeomans is the current photo editor of Bloomberg Business Week. In this interview, I talked to Jane about how she got into photography, some of her early jobs as a photo researcher for agencies such as Photonica, Swanstock, and then also some of her work with Condé Nast Portfolio, and much, much more. Jane has been working in this business for a while now and has worked on so many different projects, uh, especially with her magazine, Bloomberg Business Week. They just shoot like a wide variety of articles and use all types of different photographers. So Jane's knowledge of the industry is, is uh, very deep and she just has a real passion for what she does. Um, so it was a real pleasure talking to her. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy this one. I know... Like I said in last week's episode, getting a chance to speak with photo editors is always uh, helpful for me, so I hope you guys enjoy it too. And without further ado, we'll get into the Jane Yeomans interview. Thanks so much. All right, Jane Yeomans, thanks for taking the time to do this. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. I was excited to talk to you. Um, I met you like a year ago, like I was saying, at the Portfolio Review um, so I was really excited to talk to you, kind of get your perspective on the photography business as a photo editor with the years of experience. Um, but I guess to kind of start off, I was kind of curious, like where you grew up and how you kind of got into photography initially. Oh, good question. I grew up in Southwest Florida, mm -hmm. Fort Myers, and um, I actually grew up around photography my whole life because my father was an amateur photographer. He had built darkroom when he was a teenager and he always shot slides when I was growing up. So we always waited for those slides to come back from Kodak. He would send them and he always made his brothers come over and do slideshows after we traveled. And um, he ended up building his own business. He was a printer and he built a printing company. So I grew up basically in a dark room. Like wow. I would sit with him on the weekends while he was stripping film and he his fingers always smelled a fixer. <laughs> so so who was who he printing for just like? Um, because it was a small town back then. Can you pull, that, pull the mic up toward you a yeah. little more? Cool. There you go. Thanks. He um, he printed for everyone. He did um, magazines, business cards. During that time, Florida, Southwest Florida was really in its boom time. So a lot of real estate companies, it was before the internet. So everybody was doing very elaborate brochures. And so he did all of that. Wow. So he basically was um, one of the main printers in Fort Myers. And he did, when I was growing up, Rauschenberg had his place on Captiva which is now the foundation. Yeah. And my dad printed posters for the, Rauschenberg always had shows at the local community college, so my dad printed the posters for them. And 
Um, so I was, you know, I would see sometimes Rauschenberg. One time we drove Rauschenberg to Miami because <laughs> wow. it was too big for my dad's <laughs> copy camera. So I went with him and it was in the back of our station wagon, you know. But yeah. um, so I always was around, I would say I was always around photography. And my dad, um, unbeknownst to me, he courted my mother. He was in the Air Force and he courted my mother. She was English. And he had a Roloflex that he took all around while he was in the Air Force. It was during, there was no war. It was during the Cold War. So when he passed away when I was in college, my mom bequeathed to me a box with all of his two and a quarter negatives of her. Wow. A lot of them, you know, where they were little provocative and they were young and um, beautiful photos and beautiful negatives. So he shot a lot. He shot a lot. And he, during that time he shot travel work. So I have all of his negatives, Wow. which I started mining when I went to graduate school. I started using them in my work because it was like a secret life. They had no, growing up, we had no prints of that because in a lot of them, my mom was, you know, topless and she was quite beautiful and he had her, you know, he posed her all around the countryside. So they were, you know, they were things that I guess my parents had kind of hidden from us. And then once he passed away, she's like, you can have all of this because I don't know what to do with it. So, wow. So I still have all that. You still got the Roly? I have the Roly as well. And yeah. it still work? It still works. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, what it's a, a really good camera. So Yeah, it's amazing. Like, uh, like I always think about that, like, uh, this family pictures are so important. And I always wonder nowadays, like, people don't print stuff as much if this kind of goes on a laptop or even like even my parents now they just like take photos and it goes to google drive it's not like even when i was a kid like i still have them like my my fifth birthday party and all these things it's just kind of like no it's a little sad because i feel because i have a child who's now a teenager and i'm years behind in going through even things from my iphone you know to print them i at one point i was trying to print a few from each event Mm -hmm. and it it does make that makes me a little sad. Yeah, it's kind of. I guess it goes. It, it can be a plus and a minus because, like, if you, I always think like my kids, my friends who have kids. It's like they literally have every moment documented. They have like some people have like a hashtag for their kid, and they're this like so mm. many photos. Which for me, I think imagine being a kid these days, growing up in twenty years, you're gonna be able to look at your life like from birth to like every day. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um. But anyways, I guess like how did you like get to the point was did you end up like studying photography did you kind of take photos yourself or um i i actually studied um i got my undergraduate degree i started out pre-architecture and then i switched to i did art history and painting i ended up with a painting degree a bfa but while i was in school we all did photography and we were everyone I knew that was, we were all artists, we were all doing black and white photography and printing. So it was very much of a, I went to school at University of Florida. So we would find abandoned houses in the woods. We were doing a lot of sort of meat yard like photos, you know, photographing each other in the woods naked and that kind of thing. But we were all doing that in tandem with even if we were, a lot of my friends were painters and a lot of us were doing photography and painting. Mm -hmm. And then after, um, after I got my BFA, I spent a while in Gainesville working on a portfolio to apply to graduate school okay. because I thought that I would teach. I assumed that I would become like I wanted to be an artist. So I thought, oh, I have to teach. And I got um, I, and I wanted to go to art school. So I applied to art schools and I ended up at the um, the Art Institute of Chicago. Okay. And um, I, there I started doing non-silver photography. And there I was in printmaking and photo. So that those departments were together. So I started 
just doing, and that's when I had those negatives. So I started doing a lot of very large work, printing on ephemera, like paper that dissolved and, you know, different things. I was doing a lot of um, mostly non-silver photography. And then I realized I started, I had a TA there and I was teaching and I realized that I didn't want to teach. I didn't like it. And I didn't want to be like a technical person. I was like I was more exploratory. I was more of a painter in my photography practice. Yeah. So I found out from somebody in Chicago that there was this job you could have, and all my friends had moved to New York City. There was this job called picture research. I was like, wait, you get paid to look at photos? That's a job? <laughs> I was like, I want that job. So I moved to New York. I found I found a place where I could build a dark room in Williamsburg, where my friends were, we were all living in the same area. And I... I looked for a job as a picture researcher. Wow. And there were a lot of jobs back then. It was called picture research. That's pretty amazing. Like, were you excited to go to New York? Because, like, growing up in Florida, New York is, like, way different. Was it, like, an exciting thing for you? Do you remember, like, when you kind of made that jump to move to New York? Well, I. it's funny because my little sister... She was boomer bust only moving to New York wow. and when she was little. So I used to come visit her when I still lived in Florida. And I was like, I cannot believe anybody would live here. Like she lived in the East Village and basically slept under a kitchen table. You know, it was such a small place. And a lot of my friends had moved into places in the East Village. And I just thought, why on earth would you do this? Because I always wanted to have a big space and have a workspace. Hmm. But um no, it didn't. It, once I was here, my community was here. And I think a lot of people I know have that here, whether they're from Kansas or Florida or like yeah. there are communities of people, especially back then in Williamsburg, there were there's a lot of community. And there were there were a bunch of us that had studied architecture and art in um, Gainesville. So we were all here. That's exciting. Yes, yeah, that is the cool thing about New York. It's, it's like uh, you trade the space for the. Uh, this, like you say, the community and there's mm -hmm. so many creative people. It's kind of inspiring because people are always working on things. It's, yeah. That's what I kind of like about New York. But um, so when you get to New York, uh, you're saying you're like trying to get into photo research. What was kind of your first step into that realm, I guess? Well, I had um, I had a few temp jobs that were working for various organizations doing picture research for them and started like doing some photo assignment. And then my first full-time job, I worked at Bettman Archive. I was the archivist, and that was the precursor to Corvus, okay. which is now owned, was bought by Getty. So it was like a stock agency. It was a stock agency, and that was really, like, that was the beginning. Like, it was it was huge in New York, stock agencies at that point. There mm -hmm. were lots of them, and there were lots of artists and painters and musicians who all had, some of them who are famous now, were picture researchers. Yeah. Um, and it, so it was a really good place to be if you're a writer or an artist. Like, everybody you worked with was doing a side hustle. So I, was, I always worked under the assumption that I would have this kind of day job and do my work yeah. at night on the weekends because that's what everyone I knew was doing. We were all trying to do our work. And um, so I always had a dark room, and I always was doing that. And um, I worked at Bettman for uh, maybe over a year. I was there until I wasn't there when they were bought by Corbis. That's mm. when Microsoft came in, Bill Gates came in and bought them. And But it was really, really interesting to work there because of the amount of archival material they had and the negatives. They had like 16 million. You know, a lot of that ended up in a cave in Pennsylvania, <laughs> if you've seen the, ever seen the documentary no. about them. But um 
So that was a good place to start out. And then from there I went to, um, it was a new place called Photonica. It was a Japanese stock agency. And they were kind of shaking up the stock agency world because they had work that was super abstract and really beautiful. And people saw them as this kind of artistic, this place that married what what was stock photography where people like did shoots yeah. to like super abstract and black and white work that was grainy. And so I was there for about five years as a director of photography. I started out, heading the research there and then I became the director of photography. So I spent um, a few years like recruiting photographers and working closely. I got to go to Japan. It was a really small agency. So I built, pretty much built the library. Could, there were hundreds and hundreds of photographers. Because at that first agency you're at, what kind of photography were, were they kind of utilizing? It was historic. So it was, some of it was really old and they had, they had some very old collections that they had bought and they had, um, Acme, all these old news collections that had, some of them had negatives that were crumbling into the files because they would buy, literally buy collections from people, you know, and they also had at that time the feed for um, for Reuters and they, you know, where the images were coming in, so they were news this, photography. So they would just kind of license old images to Reuters and like AP and things like that pretty much? Not AP, but they had a lot of old like engravings too, but they had a lot of old um, black and white you know, they had a lot of Underhill negatives, which I don't know if you know. They're no. the, Underhill was, um, they were photographers in New York that did glass plate. Some of them are 8 by 10 glass plates. Oh, okay, so yeah, they yeah. had a lot of that. And there was a dark room there where they would take the, ne- there were a lot of negatives. And if you ordered something, you would do a print of it for Damn, them. Damn, it seems like a cool so, job. It's just almost, it's like, it's just like history. Like, it was amazing. They gave me a history test when I when I started there. There were a few agencies like that. There was Granger Collection, which is still around. And all of these collections would give you a history yeah, test yeah. Uh, when when you applied for the job. Just like history of photography and... No, just history. history. <laughs> which well, I wasn't like, I wasn't very good on my like sports history or, I know you don't want to hear that. <laughs> so, but um, I, you know, I really, it was really interesting. I learned a lot about yeah history i mean i knew about the history of photography but it was just to see old there were a lot of old news photos and a lot of what they had was um they had some collections that were like if you were on a cruise ship in the 40s there were these certain collections that they photographed every single person that got on that ship so there were a lot of oh, these yeah, it was like obscure a big, it's like a big deal yeah so those were four those were four by five negatives so there were there were so many negatives we were handling and while i was there i did a course at um the eastman house oh, where i that, took some samples of the old because the old also the old news negatives that were four by fives you know, they the way they were processed, they still had chemicals on them. So they were rotting, not only rotting, but the captions were in with them. So sometimes when you open a drawer, it's probably super toxic, a lot of the, oh, yeah. the stuff. But it was really interesting to be in there, you know, with that collection. That's pretty amazing. And, like, when you're at Photonica, like, what was their kind of approach? Because you said they had more of, like, kind of an artistic approach to what they were trying to, I guess, license yeah. pretty much. Yeah, the, and there were... Probably, I want to say over 800 photographers because a lot of them were Japanese photographers because they were based in Japan. And um, so they had work that was, there was no news photography, no editorial photography. It was like travel. And Mm. um, we tried to sell things for advertising. And I I wasn't on the sales team. I just did the photo part. So I brought the, I did the editing. I brought the photos in. I did exhibitions in the space. Um, It was a beautiful office, very modern. It was on Fifth Avenue. And, um, and then from there, after a few years, I realized I was talking to photographers all the time that were like, 
I'm going to Hawaii for a month. Do you need any photos, you know, for my photo needs? And I was like, why am I sitting here and there in Hawaii? So I started at that point, I kind of switched the way I thought I could do some work where I could get hired to do like I. I had a woman that I really admired. She was doing book covers, and I thought I want her job because she would read a book yeah. and then, you know, produce images for the cover. And she worked with a lot of publishers. And I thought that's that's something I would like to do. And I could do my work. I could shift my my work because I was doing a lot of travel work at that point. Mm-hmm. But at the same the same time, what happened is um, I got recruited by I don't know if you know Mary Virginia Swanson yeah, sounds- of Swan Swanstock yeah yeah so I um, I left Photonica and I I agreed to consult with her and I commuted to Tucson for a year because she had just been she had just sold her agency to um, the Image Bank which quickly became part of Getty but um, everything comes part and of everything Getty. goes to Getty and um, but I, I spent the year um, I would go there for a few weeks every couple months um, working we worked on a hard it was the first hardcover stock agency catalog and stock agencies used to all make these very high like Photonica made these beautiful catalogs and that was a lot of what we worked on during the year and clients would use those to order images and so she made a it was like a hardcover coffee table book and she had spent years building this beautiful collection called Swanstock that was based in Tucson with people a lot of them were artists and at that time, artists weren't really interested in stock photography because it seemed very separate, but and it's very different now. But um, they wanted to be in the gallery. She, yeah, and she was trying to convince. She spent a long time convincing people that there is a secondary market for your work, whether it be an album, a book cover, an ad. You know, you can you oh. can find things in your collection that maybe you're not going to show. And it. She spent. You know, it was her blood, sweat, and tears, and she had relationships with lots of photographers so we spent a long time a year working on that book and then um it was basically you and her pretty much no there was a staff there was a small staff in in tucson and um but then when um when getty bought them and it kind of became ugly so um i won't talk about that part but um, i i don't i didn't want to work for getty and i was freelance so at that point i just jumped I jumped off and started, I was doing my own work. So I started doing some book covers. And at the same time, I started doing photo research. When you, say, when you say doing book covers, what are you? Shooting book covers. Shooting them, okay. okay. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to have somebody introduce me. I started at the very top, which was Knopf, Random House. And I met with a group there, um, Carol Carson, who's wonderful, and she just retired. But I made a lot of, because I decided I would make a lot of rules for myself. So I was printing my own work, and it was small, and I carried it in a box, and I didn't do drop-offs. So if I got in to see people, I saw them in person, I showed my work. I felt a little bit like a traveling salesperson, but... Why wouldn't you want to do drop-offs? This is because you want to... I want it because all my work, I was printing like the way I had when I painted. All of my work was toned, and each print was um, unique. I didn't do additions, and, and it was a lot of... Um, I was doing a lot of black and white work, and so I just decided I wanted to do it my way because I also was doing photo research. So I didn't. This wasn't going to be my sole income. I knew. Okay. But um, it was wonderful. I got to do some. I got manuscripts, and then I got to work with the creative team to decide like what would be the image for that and print. I I both shot things and printed things, and I was. I was traveling a lot in Southeast Asia. Every year I was taking a trip. So I'd come back with a body of work and it just 
at that time, there were a lot of Chinese American authors. So I ended up doing a lot of Ha Jen books and I ended up selling a lot of my images for wow. books. That's pretty amazing. But I also realized I couldn't make a living at it. I was like, wait, this isn't going to work. <laughs> you have to do a book cover every day. So <laughs> at that time, I started doing freelance photo research and I started at Vanity Fair. Wow. So that kind of started what became years of my life working in magazines. And then eventually my work dropped off and I just, I did so, I had so much work for years. I've worked at every, every publication except the New York Times and maybe yeah. Time. But all I worked. Just, all just freelance. I was freelance. Yeah, I wanted to be freelance because I wanted the flexibility to work on multiple projects at the same time. Mm. And um, sometimes I had to work in an office. A lot of times I didn't. But yeah. I worked for lots of magazines, design firms, and so how does that work? So like you're working freelance as a photo researcher, Vanity Fair calls you, um, what is like a typical, what do you handle like as a photo researcher for like when they're working on something, I guess? Well, there I started, they were doing an anniversary exhibition and I was helping them source the images that they, the archive there didn't have the rights to because they didn't own every, they don't own everything. So I had to go to galleries like Howard Greenberg, different galleries and figure out where the actual images lived so we could reproduce them for this wow. special show. And then um, at Vanity Fair, it used to be divided. There was like a shoot department under Susan White and then Jeannie Rhodes did the research. And um, so I would come in as a freelancer and work, just work on the issues, the monthly issues. And that would be doing very deep research, which sometimes was doing it through news agencies or archives, but also going into archives physically and wow. maybe to people's homes to look through their diaries, whatever the story required. That's a pretty amazing job. Like for one, you have to have a lot of knowledge, but then you also have to have like this network of like nowhere you need to like get the stuff from. Yeah. And is that something that kind of took you a while to you just kind of build on it over a I, while? I built that and I have to say that back in those days like everybody kept their Rolodex locked <laughs> because that was like as a photo researcher that was your that's you your know, asset that was your asset and um but I did I learned so much there and it was so it was one of probably the best places I could have ever done photo research because Graydon Carter when he read a story wanted to see everything so you you felt like you had to find everything in the story that was mentioned. So I, I still work like that, even at Business Week. If I get a feature story, I assume that everybody's going to want to see anything mentioned in it. If the guy was a drummer in the 80s, I'll try to find that. Yeah. And I don't think everyone works like that, but I, I cast a wide net always when I work on a story. Whether or not I'm producing a shoot, yep. I, you know, I do it in tandem. No, it's exciting because I was actually looking at like some of the stuff you, uh, you've done, like you'll pull like some old old photos from like David Burnett that he photo photographed. I think it would have been like NASA or something. The space. Yeah, the yeah, space. Yeah, which yeah. was really cool. And uh, yeah, you still kind of do that. You're like trying yeah. to find old stuff and yeah. like utilize it again. Because um, yeah. how do you describe, what's like the, the main difference between a photo editor, a photo researcher? Is there kind of like a lot of like crossover? Like, Well, I think now everybody does everything mm -hmm. there is there used to be more of a divide with that and i used to say oh i like working with archive like i just wanted to do research for years that's what i did and then when i started doing photo production i realized that it's i treat it the same way like finding a photographer sometimes i have a few days to find a photographer in the most remote place and i'm doing shoots almost 
recently it seems like every day I'm setting up a shoot. So sometimes hey, that's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and I I have to say this year has been amazing because I have I feel like every time I hire I hire people all the time that I haven't worked with. Yeah. Which feels really good. I feel like there's enough work to go around and there's so many great photographers and I license work also so I'm often doing both but um yeah my research skills have come in super handy for um finding photographers for sure oh that's amazing and like uh yeah because like bloomberg the thing i've always enjoyed about it like uh, you think of like business you'd be like oh it's probably like dudes in suits or something but it's really like one of the most like artistic photography wise uh exciting magazines you guys use all like you said like all different types of photographers um, has it always just kind of been that, that way, their approach to photography since you got there? Yeah, and I have to say, like, I was brought in when Bloomberg bought Business Week. I was brought in as part of the freelance team to re- work on the redesign. And I ended up staying on and off um, for a few years before I went on. I went on staff almost four years ago because I thought, here's a place it's not really like Condé Nast, not a public, you know, it's not a publishing company per se. And here's a place where I use every I get to use all of my skills from photo research to shoot production to fine art photographers. It runs the gamut for me. And I felt like I had never worked anywhere where all of that was at play. And every day I feel like I grow as a photo producer and a photo researcher. And um, it's it's been it's great and the content we get to make yeah you guys cover so many different like topics like like some photo editors like i think i've never been a photo editor but i can i would imagine like you only work at like a magazine that does like i don't know uh food or something it might get monotonous after a while Mm -hmm. with bloomberg i would imagine because like looking at the articles you guys do it's it could be space one day it could be like some medical thing the next day it's just like every day is different pretty much right and that it's and as you said before like when people see business week it's it's really misleading because i did a portfolio review at photo nola and most of the people there were not editorial photographers and not probably looking for that they were looking for galleries and publishers and museums and collectors and I think I was probably a default for most everyone there I felt like because when they sat down with me and saw business week they would the first thing they would say is I don't have any business work so I actually now have a box of print printouts that I show photographers where there's not a single hedge fund portrait or (laughs) I'm like this is what we do and I have to and I feel like I've spent the last year I love doing portfolio reviews like that because I'm educating these photographers and from that from that review I've hired already I think three people and I've pointed out to them one of them I asked her to pitch me a story which we ran online I I assigned her but I feel like it expands my world too to meet people in different locations that are doing different kinds of work, and um, and I convince them you could you could shoot a story for me like I have a story here and this is a story you could do you yeah. know yeah it's one thing like as a photographer myself like it's hard because it get it's weird like you're you're trying to make money and you almost like have these like preconceived notions of what magazines want but it could be completely different like like when I think of like uh, I don't know. Uh, Forbes or magazine, they use a lot of strobe portraits, mm-hmm. but you can show them something different. Who knows? You can, might be able to get an assignment. Right. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. And I guess, like, who are some of the first photographers you kind of started collaborating with when you kind of got into the production side of things? 
it's hard. You work with That's, so many I people. I work with so many. I almost don't want to name names because <laughs> there are so many people I still hope to work with. But I, um, to be honest, I, I can't even remember. Because like, I'm moving so quickly through the world and I'm working right. across the world. I mean, I have some memorable moments where I've recently, I've had people tell me they've done their first magazine job with me, which I, because I save people's names from, like when I see something on a blog or because also I'm because I never know if I'm going to have shoot in West Virginia or North Dakota or the middle of somewhere in Africa. Like, I don't know. So I really save things I like. And I'm so excited when I get a shoot that's somewhere in the world where yeah. that person is, because I really work local, especially for some of the stories I have for the magazine. We don't have a lot of time if it's not a feature, mm -hmm. even if it's a feature, sometimes we don't, we, you know, we're crunched for time. And so we need somebody who's local or so with that in mind, if there are photographers listening, <laughs> um, I always tell photographers to tell me where they're going to be in the world. Cause I keep a list on my, on my computer. And I, to be honest, yesterday I got a very remote job and I knew this photographer was doing a personal project there. So he's going to be hired in a week because wow. I, and I also want to work with him, but I look through that list when I'm assigning and I think, you know, if somebody's in somewhere in the world and I can assign them while they're there, if even if they're on vacation, then it's something Throw it up that's on good to know. And pitching stories. We, we have a, we have an editor in chief right now who, who is really supportive of photography and he we do pitch meetings twice a month mm -hmm. where we pitch photo stories and um you know i've had pretty good luck with both some of the stories becoming feature stories some of them becoming photo essays online um and it comes from everywhere i look everywhere for work so that's exciting so you kind of yeah. get to pitch some of your ideas too sometimes or? i get to pitch yeah sometimes i have my own ideas <laughs> and sometimes it might come from a photographer and um, sometimes it, it can either be something they're working on something they want to work on you know or something that's already been shot and they're looking for a publisher mm. so as you were talking about the space issue earlier with David Burnett yeah contact press um, that issue I did a lot of that issue from research to assigning and I love we do a lot of those like takeover issues and that's an opportunity to look at everyone's work and have people pitch you ideas maybe they've shot something in the past and you know so I and those kind of things I send out a wide yeah you know no it's call. exciting and you guys still I know you do you sometimes you will send photographers someplace like you sent my friend Brian Fink to I think Japan uh, yeah I, I did that and he, he went yeah he went to Japan it was a for Nintendo literally I think he said he photographed it for like 10 minutes yep. the Nintendo CEO flew all the way to Japan to do this um how do you like obviously like you said mostly you kind of work local when do you decide if you're going to send someone somewhere well that was this is the curation part of my job is that for that shoot, the the writer had spent like a year trying to get an interview, and so we knew we had to have somebody go in there and be able to nail that and light it and do it. Somebody who had a lot of experience doing this kind of work and working with people. Mm -hmm. And I also had wanted I hadn't worked with Brian yet, so I wanted to work with him. But I felt like he could, if anyone could make this situation lively, it would be him. Yeah. And that was that was hard. He didn't, he didn't have a lot of time, but I've had shoots like that where I've sent war photographers in to do a fashion shoot and a fashion photographer to do a CEO. And, yeah. um, because really each shoot I have to look at and say, who's going to make the best 
situation here. Yeah. You know, like given we have a few minutes with someone, and yes, I have. I've sent people. I've sent people all different kinds of places and for their different skills. Some people are very nimble and able to move on their own and speak the language. So that's just it's a lot of factors. You know, that go there's into a lot it. of things. Every shoot that I do, I consider everything. And, you know, of course, who's going to make the best photos, but also who's going to be able to go into the situation and knowing who I'm shooting or what I'm shooting. Personality. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, that's a big part of it because I've had people say they would give someone five minutes and have given them a day oh, because wow. of the energy and the yeah, like, chemistry. I want yeah, to hang out with that guy or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I recently, we shot somebody in Tokyo that was a very big head of the bank and yeah. and um it was he had no time he wasn't going to give the photographer time so i thought who would be the best person to shoot him it was on a bloomberg news was doing an interview a tv interview so they had to make a portrait out of this situation that potentially is not the best sitting in his office so i sent this woman who was a, a fashion photographer and i thought if anybody can kind of dance around a set and get a photo would be her and she's she was Japanese, so I wasn't going to send somebody. And um, she got a beautiful photo where he looked at her, and everybody at the magazine was like, I thought we didn't have access. And he, they allowed her to set up a seamless and lights, but he wouldn't step into it. But she told me, I just she was in New York recently, and she said from she loved him too for some reason. She was very excited to shoot him. <laughs> she said, I've always wanted to photograph him. But um, she said she's gotten a lot of work now doing CEOs and portraits, which... If you looked at her website, she was a fashion photographer. But I just thought she'd be super nimble and that must be half the, half the fun of your job. Is like you know you look at a photographer, they do one thing. It must be kind of exciting, like you said, throw them into something else and see what they do with it. It's, yeah, that's, get, that's that's it, the fun part. Yeah, yeah, it can go either way. Like, have you ever yeah. had that where like shoots just don't go well like how do you deal with those like if, if someone doesn't deliver like well you know as i recently i've realized when i've hired some people that i've taken a chance on that haven't done they haven't done a, a magazine shoot and i could just feel their nervousness in their emails to me and i just told them we're probably going to run one photo and it will be great yeah. like whatever you do like and also things happen if you're shooting a farm it might rain the guy might not be nice like there are so many factors going into a shoot that i always tell people you know, have the confidence that I'm hiring you because I saw this work that you showed me and that's what I want for this shoot. Mm -hmm. So make the best of the situation. Um, and I haven't really, I haven't had that many disappointing shoots, I'd have to say. And often I'm sad that we don't have enough room to run all the photos. So I'm often, you know, pushing for more pages and more room yeah. online. Sometimes we do, we can do more images on the web. Yeah, because you, you guys print weekly. We are weekly. That yeah, must be exhausting. In, that must be intense. <laughs> I got friends who are photo editors on a monthly, and that seems like a stressful yeah. job enough. Like a yeah. weekly, because uh, you do you handle just the print? Do you handle the website too, pretty much? Or? Um, there, I do some things. I mean, the things that go into print go on web, yeah. and then sometimes we have web only stories. So I do both. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a conversation I've been having with a lot of people lately because. Uh, we've seen like ESPN the magazine, which was like a big magazine. Now they're only doing digital. Like as someone who's worked in this business for a while, like where do you kind of see things going in the next ten years? It's just going to be less print, and it's just, it's hard. I don't. It's hard to predict because of years ago they predicted that print was dead. And I worked at a magazine that started and folded. I worked at Condé Nast Portfolio. That was a great magazine. It was a great magazine, and and um, you know at that point everybody's like, oh, print is dead. And but I think. Um, 
I don't know. I have the hope that print is not dead and that it will continue because I think there are still magazines that start up. So, um, and there are magazines that have come out of apps like Airbnb and various magazines. So my hope, and maybe because I'm old fashioned, but I, and I love paper yeah. and I love things printed is that that will continue, but there will be more. I think there'll still be, there'll be more digital and more movement. Mm. I think that's the way things are going. You know? I, I've found I've had this happen recently a couple times where magazines, um, like decent sized magazines, they'll hire me to do a print shoot, and then they'll be like, "Hey, um, by the way, can you like grab some like video, like even if it's this on your phone or something? Is that mm-hmm. something like, like with content, like be it whatever YouTube, IGTV, like it seems like even magazines now they they want whatever snippet they can to use for their social. Is that something mm-hmm. you see more of? Yeah, that's something that we're tasked with doing too. Yeah, so is having. Um, a little bit, I think there's a Twitter channel, there's different things at Bloomberg, there's all different, there's so many parts to the media there, and there's TV, and but those are different divisions, but we are, um, there is more need for things to be moving, to have to have that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen more and more of it. Um, and like you were saying, like you were saying for a while, you, you kind of just wanted to do photo researching, what is it you think that you kind of like shied away from the, like the production aspect of it you think like what well i think it's because i started at vanity fair and so i saw like i did not want to do the whole um hair makeup drama have a heart attack all the time dealing with (laughs) i was never interested in that kind of photography with celebrity and um and dealing with all the parts to a shoot like that it seemed um it seemed like people that were adrenaline junkies love doing that because it like you're always having a heart attack because there's always something going wrong but um For us, I feel like the kind of work that we do, there isn't that, I mean, there's a lot of parts that are often stressful, but I really feel like people get to make their best work. And that's so, that's so fulfilling to me. And I've seen people have the work that they've shot for me end up in their exhibition and some of it's going into art books. And so that feels like full circle for me Mm -hmm. and where people can make work that's not just living in the page of a magazine that, you know, can be resold as a, you know, print. Yeah, or- definitely. And like when you're like collaborating with a photographer or how much are you someone, do you give a lot of input of, of like what you want? Um, do you kind of just let the photographer do what they do? Um, what's kind of your approach or does it kind of differ from person to person? Like if it's a younger photographer, do you feel like you kind of have to like walk them through the process more like how do you kind of approach working with these Um, people you know every shoot is different I mean I often I feel if a photographer is someone I've worked with and I know they're quite capable and I'll just send them off to do their thing Mm -hmm. maybe I'm sending them somewhere for three days to shoot and um and I won't you know I'll tell them maybe what we need or what's in the story and with other other times, it really depends. There might be a shot list. Um, if we're doing a portrait, of course, we would sometimes give them direction. If we're hiring because of the way we like the style of their work, we might show them things that we like on their website. Here's some things that work. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it really varies, like from from shoot to shoot. And sometimes I have no time to do that. Maybe we have it's on the fly, or you know, we're capturing. Yeah, we have to send someone with them. Yep. You know, I've had some very, very hard shoots where it's like, I just need somebody on the ground with camera now. <laughs> you know, because there are some situations where a writer is somewhere and you can't duplicate it or you can't go back. Yeah. Maybe it's a dangerous place. Maybe it's an event. You just, you never know. 
So. And like, uh, what is it like when you're going to give a new photographer a chance? What is it you're looking for in their work to give them a shot? Because um, like, obviously, there's so many people that want to do it. And uh, but what is it like if you're going to give a new photographer that you haven't worked with? Is there something that kind of sticks out where you're like, oh, okay, I think I can trust this person. Give them a shot. Like, what is it you think? Well, the, so for us, we have features, which are the well of the magazine. Then we have the front of the book, which is divided into sections like technology, business, um, global econ. And for those stories, um, they often run a little smaller. And those stories, we, we really try to work local because we often get stories on Thursday, Friday, and we close sometimes through the web on Monday. So okay. we have a very fast turnaround often. And for instance, I had um, like a purse and fur factory in England it was a Brexit story and it was kind of far from London and I there was one photographer whose work I just loved and when you know also he was in this area where he was very close to this small place and I thought oh I've wanted to work with him like when I look through my Rolodex I remember people's work that I haven't worked with so I can assign them Mm -hmm. and and I figured he could do it. You know, I could see from his work. I often just like look through people's work and think, could they could they do this? And and usually they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if it's one photo that we're running, and sometimes, um, you know, if it's a beautiful shoot, then we push for more. And there have been things where we've shot it, and then it's become like yeah, you know, a feature else. because yeah. it's like these photos are great. So it's really it really depends. I mean, I'm so I feel like I'm very open to seeing work and that's this year I've been doing so many portfolio reviews and it's been really helpful to mm. see people's work and you know and and people remind me like all the time like I I try to meet with people a lot. People reach out a lot and I've hired people because they've shown me some work and then I've gotten um I've gotten a job and I think oh this this work would be what I want to see for this yeah. for this feature. So sometimes when I start to because also I'm very I'm very much a visual thinker and so when I read a story I often start picturing how I would want the photos to look yep. which may be not what everyone else wants so <laughs> but um yeah, so it really it really depends on the story. And with the portfolio reviews, like you mentioned, like why do you go there? Like, what do you are you? Is it you're hoping to find new talent? Is it you just like kind of helping photographers out? Like, uh, what's your kind of perspective on these portfolio reviews? Um, I've gotten a couple to them. I have like mixed feelings about them. Um, but what's your kind of take on these things? I'm sure it's harder for a photographer because you have to pay and there's all it's that just, involved. It's just like weird. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I've done them. It's, just, yeah. it's like I, speed dating. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. But it's cool. Like I met you. You're really cool. I met some cool people. Um, but I was, I was kind of getting curious to get your perspective on these things. Well, for me, uh, especially doing ones, I'd like to do ones that are outside of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, it's meeting people who are more local or in different parts of the country. Like last year I did Palm Springs and that was great. I met a lot of people on the West coast Mm -hmm. who some whose work I knew some I didn't. And, um, and doing new Orleans was super helpful because I had a shoot in Louisiana on a farm and I had seen a woman's work there who I I thought she could do this. Um, so that's, that's really, it's really helpful for me to just broaden my sort of Rolodex and, um, and, you know, I get a lot out of meeting photographers. I see amazing projects. I see things I hadn't thought about. I mm-hmm. see photos that inspire me. And sometimes, I mean, a lot of the work that I've seen is often fine artwork. So it's it's great for me as a someone who loves photography just to think about these different kind, different ways of seeing, you know. 
And is it yeah. is it important? Do you do you have like any pet peeves about like photographers' portfolios, how they present them? Um, is it still important to have a print book? I, you know, a lot of people do iPad, but what's kind of your opinion? Because as someone, because like you've seen so many portfolios, yeah. yeah like yeah. as a photographer, I only see mine really, and maybe a couple of my buddies. But other than that, <laughs> so you kind of have this like perspective. Yeah. You've seen like hundreds of them. So like, yeah. is there anything like I said that's kind of how do you what do you like to see? I guess. To be honest with you, personally, I love seeing, I love holding prints and I love seeing, and I don't care if it's fancy, it doesn't have to be in a fancy leather bound book, but um, I think the thing to consider with photo editors is we are on computers all day. So the, the thing that is such a treat for me is to have a photographer come in with a book and I've had people come in with loose prints and I, you know, I don't care how it's organized, but to actually hold paper and hold something physical is, um, is really interesting. And I've had people make mock-up books, you know, simple books, but I prefer that to, I mean, I'm, I'm fine looking through an iPad, but I feel like I can do that on my computer. So to meet you and, you know, I've had photographers come in with and not show me anything. We just talk cause I've already seen their work. And, um, but I really, I prefer to see prints. Yeah. I think mean. for me, like if you're going to spend all this time creating all this work, I think pre presentation matters. I think it just shows you like, it's, it's just the final step in the creative process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but with like uh, one thing I was kind of curious, like uh, what's the best way? Cause a lot of younger photographers, like they reach out to me and they like ask, like, how do you like get into magazines? Like how, what's the best way in your opinion to like reach out to a photo editor? If you want to reach out to them for the first time, um, should they just send you a link to their website? Do you want to hear like a little bio of who they are? Like as like a young photographer, what's the best way to reach out to a photo editor for the first time you think? For me, it's just getting an email. I have people email me and just send me a link to their work. And um, sometimes I'm shocked that I haven't seen their work or I'm shocked that I, I said to a guy recently, I'm shocked I haven't hired you. <laughs> but um, honestly, like that takes up no room. And, um, you know, and I get, I get a lot of direct mail and I feel sad, like a lot of it goes straight to recycling because it's what you were saying, it's a lot, it looks like something maybe would have been shot for Forbes, you know, or like, I'm not going to hire somebody because they're shooting businessmen. Yeah. I'm not interested. Like yep. if their work's great, yes, but I would rather send, you know, it really depending on the photographer, but I think just sending a link to your website with a simple, like I'm based here. Um, I save all those and I, you know, I look through all that stuff. I can look through anytime. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't take up any space for me. And um, I'm trying to be, recently, I'm trying to be a lot more open-minded and meet with people okay. as much as I can. So It's, it's hard. You guys print every, every week. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I do. And, you know, I sometimes do it as a favor to somebody. But I really, it's, it's really interesting. And I talk to classes. I have a friend that teaches at RISD. So I had his whole, I've had his class come in. Yeah. And, you know, I... I mean, I've hired people that are students to do shoots. So um, there's somebody that I've worked with a few times this past year who's in the graduate program at Duke, and he's done beautiful shoots for me. So it really, you can be as young as a student. So you, got, or, you got good work. You, know, you got good work. Yeah. If you have the work and you have the you know ability to do it, I mean, I think it's probably some people I, I'm not sure they can, you know, sometimes I get nervous. Maybe they're not able to go into a situation and shoot 
maybe a CEO, but person, you know, yeah. that really depends. That's again, back to the curation when I think about what I'm shooting. Yeah. And where are you like searching out photographers? Like you said, like you could get an email, a call in the next hour. You're like, we need to do a photo shot, a uh, photo shoot in Vietnam. Where, uh, where are you going to search for a photographer well, in Vietnam? Well, first I go to my Rolodex, <laughs> which is really good. And um, cause I just save everybody, you know, so you I, gotta, have like, it, organize, like, I have it organized. I have it organized now by place. And I, you know, there are people I've wanted to work with. So I have those people often starred, you know, that I want to work with them. Um, and I look around. I mean, I'm always looking. I look at Blink. I look at blogs. I look. I look through everything. And I go to shows a lot. I go to galleries. So I'm always. I feel like my eyes are always open. And so you know, and I ask other photo editors for their like who they've worked with that they like. But generally, I feel like with most places, I already have, with the exception of a few places, I have people that like I'd want to work with. Yeah. And you know. It just depends All right. where in the a- world. Antarctica, where are you getting the <laughs> Well, that's not so hard. <laughs> got a couple well, scientists um, down there. They got a camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. I haven't done that yet, but I've done a lot of photo research. I have a lot of archives for because I just did something on um, the polls, but... No, that's amazing. And um, what is it like about uh, being a photo editor? What do you think you enjoy about it most, do you think? Well... Most enjoyable is getting to see the vast quantity of work that I get to see. Mm. And I, as somebody who has always loved photography and um, been in the visual world my whole life, I, I feel like my mind gets opened every day by seeing people's projects and seeing, you know, what people are doing and, you know, from years back to current, yeah. you know, I get to look at everything. So I, that is... That's exciting because I do feel like there are photographers in different parts of the world doing things that I may have never seen. And it might be some obscure mining or some, you know, it could be photojournalism, it can be art, it can be whatever, but just like there are all these windows open for me. So no, it's I great. love that. No, it's amazing. And like for people maybe that are listening that might be interested in kind of getting into that career path, like what do you think, what's the skill set to being a good photo editor in your mind, do you think? a tough one because <laughs> people i have had young people I'm, how do you get this job and i'm like it's an interesting job I, yeah yeah um and i think it's changed a lot but yeah. i think that you you know i think it's super helpful to have a visual background mm-hmm. i mean because i do think there are a lot of there are a lot of people that end up in have ended up at magazine jobs and things that maybe came a different way and they maybe don't have the same breadth of knowledge of you know, somebody who maybe studied photography or art, but I think being a visual person is super important um, to do. Yeah, definitely. I think it's any element in this business. If you're a photographer, if you're an editor, like you, I think you just got to love it. And like, as you know, this business is competitive and it's competitive for photographers. It's competitive for photo editors. It's competitive for photo producers. Yeah. It's, it's down the line. So you, you just got to love it in my mind. Um, but with your time at Bloomberg, I think you've been there, what, about nine, nine years now, I think. Um, yeah, the freelance part and then staff. Yeah, it's been, I think, yeah, I think he bought the magazine nine years ago. Is there like any, um, project you kind of worked on that kind of sticks out in your mind is like particularly memorable, maybe like you're, you're particularly proud of, or maybe one that was just like 
really challenging to produce like what kind which one's kind um, of can you do there's you so do, many i should write I know, a book <laughs> i know just looking at your instagram uh which anyone definitely go check out uh, jane's instagram because i think it's really cool you post like you post all the stuff you work with and different photographers and like i said you do yeah. so much different yeah. stuff like i know <laughs> you know why i did that i have to i'm gonna be honest i'm too lazy and busy to make a website so i've been saving like tear sheets for years and every time i look at it i think yeah someday i'm going to build a website but in the meantime instagram I started is the instagram. new website i know and that's super helpful for me because then um i look through it sometimes to find photographers like a, too yeah and so it's a good diary for me to be able to put the work up that i'm working on and i have worked on so many things that i'm that i've loved and i'm proud of but that space issue last year was one of the best things i ever got to do what was that with the burnett like his yeah, archive that was a that was what we call a takeover issue so the entire issue was space yeah and i got i mean i love doing that photo the space photo research from nasa whatever but you know the asteroids and that was a really great those kind of special issues are great collaboration with the design team and it's how much planning goes into is it like months where they a kind of, long yeah a long time i'm working on one right now that will close this summer a special issue and it is it's going to be my favorite and i'll share it with you later all right <laughs> teaser, I, teaser. I know it's gonna be so good and um and but the space issue was you know i have a space rolodex okay i mean you, you know, grew up in, my, in florida it's oh, like i know space. the space goes <laughs> but i just i love all that imagery and the cover of that is he was he's a teenager space nerd photographer Burnett. Who, no the guy who did the cover okay good and he um we licensed that from him they let him he's been doing photography in florida he lives on the space coast and he's been doing the photography since he was i think 16 and they let him set up cameras in a way i think we had had a photographer shoot it i didn't assign it but he got so close to that and so that cover where you see the yeah. i mean if you if you haven't seen the space issue it's I'll link the it. best People yeah go check it out yeah it's so good and um and and that was um that was a lot that was a lot of fun because it was i got to mine all my you know i got to use all my research skills and then i got to produce shoots in different places and i got to work with different photographers and um and i i love doing that and then also the the design team had um hired design firms to design the space force wow. patch i mean the a logo and i said you know what would be fun is to make these into patches and then photograph the patches so so I, of course, had to do that because I brought it up. And so we've done some things like that, too, where I'm responsible. Like we did type in neon recently for the cover. It's a beautiful cover. Yeah. And um, that was one of the most challenging things I'd ever done to make neon in a, less than a week's time for the cover and then have to shoot. We shot it in the neons. It just happened to be near my house. So yeah. I asked the guy if we could use his place as a location because they wanted to install the sign yeah. in the window Damn. And I didn't realize that cover had to close as we were shooting it that night. So it had, had to, to go online this... at four. <laughs> Damn. It has sign made, yeah. shoot it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are things like that that have been tricky. But um, I, there have been some wonderful opportunities to, to photograph different things around the world. Do you ever go on shoots anymore or not really at all? Um, Rarely. Yeah. Um, rarely. Because usually I'm sending somebody... Somewhere, down yeah. the Ganges River or you know I'm sending them 
somewhere in Africa, you know, to a gold mine. But um, if it's um, like the neon shoot, I did that, yeah. And I've done, there have been a few still life shoots that I've gone on. So if it's local and I'm working on a feature, I'll try to go. Mm. And with Bloomberg, do you feel like there's like any overarching like style or aesthetic to the type of photography you guys are trying to utilize? Or is it really just kind of like dependent on the article? Depends on the article. Yeah. There used to be more when we had, you know, we've had a few iterations and redesigns over the years. And we were using a lot more like on-camera flash. And I think you remember some of those. We did a lot more. There was a lot more explosive work Mm -hmm. early on. But um, now I feel like the stories really dictate the style. I mean, certainly for the shoots I work on, Mm -hmm. I, I consider that's a consideration. I like it. It keeps it creative. It's not. Ju- it's not just one voice. It's like it, right. it's every every article is really its own body of work. It's not. Yeah. yeah. It's the photographer's voice comes together with the story. Mm. And you know, one thing I've always kind of been curious about because I always, I still struggle with. I've been doing this like over ten years now. Uh, when you get uh, an edit from a photographer, like how many photos is there? Like, do you want to see everything? Do you want them to narrow it down for you? Like, I've talked to so many different people. Like, some people are like I send like five, and some people be like I send like three hundred. And I'm like, for you, like, <laughs> what what do you want to see, or is it this kind of case by case basis? You think? Um. If you sent five, I'd be like, where's the rest? <laughs> because it's probably the one that you're not going to like that I might like. But I have been overwhelmed with some people that have sent, like, whoa, too much, like um, hundreds. But I don't I don't think there's any one number. I yeah. feel like if I – I'm pretty good at editing and I can go through things quickly. And then I usually – I do a select and then I have, I'll have my designer and art team look through it too mm-hmm. because they'll, they have different eyes on things. And sometimes as we go to layout and we start laying things out, there's a lot of eyes. The whole magazine will be looking at and they'll be like, is there a shot of blah, blah, blah? And then we'll look through and see if there's a different you know mm-hmm. consideration for that. But um, – Generally, I would never, I would never put a number on it, and it oh, depends. Yeah. Like I had, I recently did a shoot with um, somebody who shot on four by five film, and he gave me one. Damn. <laughs> and then um, he had shot black and white Polaroid, Damn. so we, I had two, two of each portrait, and, and we ended and- up using the the Polaroids, which I thought was really interesting. The art team chose it was really messed up old Polaroid film. But it fit the story. The story was about um, a ketamine study and a brain research wow. at Columbia. And I have to say, like, it was so thoughtful to do that. Because I would have maybe chosen the color work, and they chose this black and white work. And it looked like we had manipulated it, but it was just the, the Polaroid film. Yeah. You know? no, so, I, of course, I love that. <laughs> no, that's exciting. I had to ask you. Somehow, even now, I'm just like, did I send enough to them? Like, I don't know. But that's good to hear. Yeah. It's just like, and I'm sure... Are there like certain photographers you kind of work with over and over again or with Bloomberg? Is it really this kind of it's um, there are but I really I find that a lot of photo editors use the same pool of people because they're reliable and you they're, know what you're going to get. But I really like to stretch myself like on every shoot. And I I really you know, they're. I mean, there are photographers I love and I love their work, but I honestly feel like there are so many photographers in the world. Let's share the love. I, I mean, I respect that. I, I, yeah, I respect that attitude because it's like with Bloomberg, it seems like you, like we were saying, like you're not afraid to give a, young, a new person a chance. Like, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of magazines, it's really hard to get in there because if, 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 at least from my perspective, it, sometimes it feels like 
you haven't done this, like they're not even going to look at your book. Whereas Bloomberg right. seems like right. if you respect the work, you'll, you'll give someone a chance. Right. Um, are there like any common mistakes young photographers make like reaching out to photo editors or approaching them? You think is anything pet peeves, things you don't like, like, I don't know. Can people get like, too salesy or do they uh, the well way- yeah you don't need to sell your work to me you just need to show it to me yeah. I mean that is the thing sometimes people try to like you know tout their work or you know I don't I don't care about all your awards and like I just want to see the work yeah. and and honestly when I do a portfolio review I often people kind of tailor their work you know if they're at one of these where it's all editorial photographers tailor their work for what they think I want to see and I'm like well can I see what, like, what do you love? What are you working on? Mm. Like, I want to see the personal work. I want to see the book you're working on. I want to see everything else, you yeah, know? Yeah. Because I think sometimes people get stuck thinking that I want to see certain things and I'm going to hire them because they're able to do this thing. But really, I just want to see that you have the eye and you have the interest and see where you're going, you know? I respect it. It's just creative. It's like <laughs> be creative. It's do, put whatever you love. It took me a long time to learn that. Because it, it's tough. Because like, yeah, if you love something, that's the work that's going to be the strongest. Yeah, that's what people will, will remember. Yeah. Um, but I guess to kind of like wrap up, like you've been doing this for a while now. You work in a lot of different roles. Um, like I was saying, like what kind of keeps you inspired to keep working in the photo business and like anything you're kind of any like dream projects you're hoping to make happen or anything like on the bucket list you've been trying to make produce or anything? Well, I I mean I would love to expand beyond what I'm doing into curation and doing, you know, book projects and I, you know, taking the work somewhere else with people. And also, you know, eventually getting back to my own work. So, I mean, that's something like I haven't, I still, I shoot film, but. Um, what do you, what do you like shooting these days? Well, I just shoot, I've been doing, I'm very uh, particular doing, I just do underwater it's totally abstract blurry work because I only shoot when I'm on, when I travel. Okay. And um, because like you said, like there's too many photos in the world. So I've made this, when I travel, I travel with an old Nikon and just film. So, um, so you just got like a little water housing kit for it or? Um, no, I do disposable cameras for that. Wow. But everything else I shoot because I actually have always had my work on the side and I, I still license work sometimes for book covers. Like yep. just random if somebody Is there anywhere calls we, me. we can see your work? Is it online? I have a like embarrassingly old website that was designed so many years ago and I've never redesigned it. And it has some of my book covers, but I've never um I've never updated it because honestly this as a person who's been working so much over the years, I I just haven't had there's only so the many hours in a day for that yeah i just can't i really can't and i've um yeah i can't do that right now i just have because of all the shoots i'm doing <laughs> but i do feel like i would like you know there are a lot of photographers i like to work with and i'd like to figure out a way to take the work beyond the magazine and because i've seen a lot of the photographers that i've hired like i see what they're doing with the work and it's really it's really exciting yeah well, Jane, I can't thank you enough. Like I said, when I met you at the SPD portfolio review last year, I really enjoyed talking to you. It's just because, like, you just have, like, such an enthusiasm for this. Like, so I, I really appreciate that. Great. And um, I guess for people listening, um, I know you have an Instagram. They should definitely yeah. check it out. What's it? It, was it this? Uh, it's it's um, I think I have Jane it. Yeoman's BB something i'll link it because link it because i can't even remember i'll link it in the description because she puts up all the different projects she's working on lots of different photographers but uh yeah thanks so much thank you thanks for having me 
thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I actually want to tell you guys about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PickDrop. PickDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And your clients can actually write notes on the photos you send to them and rate them. It's just a really easy way to organize all your files in one spot for when you, whenever you need to send them off to your clients. I've been using it for a few months now and honestly really enjoy it. For years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But PickDrop is actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what photographers need. And with today's episode, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. So definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. And also, let's have a give, give a big thank you to our guest, Jane Yeomans. It was a real pleasure talking to her um, with all her experience within editorial and uh, commercial photography and everything that she's been working on uh, over the years. Uh, is this real pleasure? Like I said, any any chance I get to speak with a photo editor and kind of pick their brain, uh, I know it helps me. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, definitely go check out Jane's Instagram um, where she posts lots of different articles uh, she's working on at Bloomberg Business Business Week. It's uh, Jane Yeomans. Uh, let me see if I got it right here. Uh, at Jane Yeomans BB Photo. Uh, she's kind of posts different articles, um, projects she works on at Bloomberg Business Week. Lots of cool photography they do. Uh, I'll put the link in the description. Um, but as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and also on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. And thanks so much for listening, and take care.